Okay, this morning, I want to speak on a nation's journey with three leaders. How many of you, you feel that there is hope or still hope in Malaysia? Can I see your hands? Wow, I like that. Uh, fantastic. How many think no hope at all in Malaysia? Okay, I need to pray for you if your hands are up, really. You know what, friends? The amazing thing is, is that not only Malaysia got talents, but Malaysia got hope also. Amen, isn't it? All right, and it's so important for all of us, okay? And this morning, I want to take you through a nation's journey with three leaders. It sounds very much like Malaysia, but friends, can I say, we see this in political history as well. We see this kind of stuff being played out in history and the lessons you and I can learn in a context for you and I as Malaysians, which is, I think, so important uh, for all of us in this regard. Critically important for all of us. Because here in Malaysia, imagine, friends, we've got three prime ministers in three years. That record could hardly be broken anymore like this in Malaysia, most countries around the world. Unimaginable, shocking in that sense. But it's so true. But friends, can I say, when you take this part of biblical history to show to us, the same thing happened as well, all right, that you and I can learn from and what you and I can apply in the context of Malaysia, which is so important. So the first king I want to look at is that of King Manasseh, really, all right? Who is he? What is he like? We all know, friends, firstly, he's a son of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah is a very good king. It's it ruled extremely well for 29 years, okay, in the southern kingdom of Judah, as we all know, like this, isn't it? An amazing king, but you know, one day, Prophet Isaiah was told by God, go and tell Hezekiah, put your house in order because you're going to die soon. And you know what? This is the record given to us about Hezekiah's life like this in his prayer. Second Kings chapter 20, verses 2 and 3. Uh, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, remember, O Lord, how I've walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. Hezekiah wept bitterly. This is a great king. A wonderful king has done all things right for the nation. And then God says, get to act together. Put the house in order because your life will soon be over. He wept, he cried. And you know what, friends? God sent Isaiah back to him again and told Hezekiah, I'm going to extend your life for 15 more years. How many of us would like our life to be lengthened more than 15 years? Can I see your hands? So few only. My goodness, can you give your, your years to me? I'm happy to live much, much longer. Isn't it? What a delight to be told 15 more years to go somewhere for you, Hezekiah. But what about Manasseh, friends? What is he like? Okay, okay he's unbelievably black, really. Why? Because here in 2 Chronicles 33, that's record for us, verses 1 to 6, where it says, Manasseh was 12 years old and became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, following the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places his father Hezekiah had demolished. He also erected altars to the Baals and made Assyria poles. He bowed down to all the study hosts and worshipped them. He built altars in a temple of the Lord, of which the Lord has said, My name will remain in Jerusalem forever. In both courts of the temple of the Lord, he built altars to all the study hosts. He sacrificed his sons in a fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnom practiced sorcery, divination, witchcraft, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, provoking him to anger. What a tragedy. Father, such a good king. Imagine the son. What has gone wrong? What has happened, isn't it? Did all kinds of evil and wickedness, pillaging, destroying, robbing the nation, right? An unbelievable manner like this. What, friends, you know what? How crazy can men become like this as a leader of a nation, isn't it? What wickedness and evil practice all kinds of occult, okay, and spiritualism. 
On top of that, friends, you know what? He sacrificed his very own sons in the fire. That is a height of wickedness, friends. God really hates like this. But there's one more thing about King Manasseh. What did he do? What happens? He even led the whole nation astray. Why? Because here in 2 Chronicles 33, verse 9, it tells us, okay, in this manner like this. All right? Sorry. It looks like Siaran Tergedala for a while. Okay? How many of you know that? Can, can I get the, the verses back in Scripture for me? Okay. All right. And so you notice here, friends, okay, 33 and verse 9 of 2 Chronicles, but Manasseh led Judah and the people of Jerusalem astray, so they did more evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. Imagine, friends, doing all kinds of things, including leading the whole nation into idolatry. Friends, you know what? David Paulson has this to say to all of us, actually. He says, when man gives God up for idolatry, he gives man up to immorality. Not just, friends, you know what? Sexual immorality. All kinds of perversity takes place. Breakdown of law and order. Anything and everything you can think of that's wrong in a nation. This is what has happened to that Okay, of the nation of Judah. It's tragically and sadly, you know. But friends, you know what? We find out how long did he rule? We are told just now we read 55 years. 55 years of wicked and evil rule of one man over a nation like this. How sad and how tragic that could become like this. But friends, you know what? I want you to think with me, okay, about this man's life. He had a wake-up call mercifully by the grace of God. In what manner of form? Again, 2 Chronicles 33, verses 10 to 13, where it says like this, The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they paid no attention. So the Lord brought against them the army commanders of the king of Assyria, who took Manasseh prisoner, put a hook in his nose, bound him with bronze shackles, and took him to Babylon. The Lord, in his distress, he sought the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers. And when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved by his entreaty and listened to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. Friends, he had a wake-up call. Humble himself. Ask God for mercy, for grace. And you know, friends, sometimes it's a reality for all us human beings. We need a wake-up call. We need a crisis to shake us up. Right from a complacency, from our wrongs, our wickedness and evil, before we realize how far we've drifted away, in a sense, from God like this. What a reminder to all of us, friends, but by the mercies of God, Manasseh turned around and seek to try to make good in life. How long is it? We don't really know. But for much of the 55 years, friends, you know what? It was one long, wicked, evil rule of one man over a nation like this. But friends, you know what? I want you to think with me now about the people in the land, the people in that nation. Have you ever thought about it? Some of the people in the land, you know what, would happily go along with what the king did, happily go along with all the wickedness, evil, and immoral practices, cheating, lying, stealing, robbing, and doing everything possible to enrich themselves. Think about it for Malaysia right now. Think about it for many nations around the world, isn't it? There are many who are happy to go along with the powers that be to do all kinds of evil and wrong, to enrich themselves, to profit in the process. But friends, can I say more than that? I want you to think of another category of people, that there are those we find who refuse to participate in all the wrongs and evil of the nation. They know it is wrong. They know it is just not right. How many of us like that can I see your hands? You feel it is just not right in the nation of Malaysia to have this kind of things happening. Can I see your hands, isn't it? Friends, you know, can I say, I believe in the nation of Judah, there are not just some, probably many, many 
who doesn't buy at all to all the nonsense and evil of the land, the nation like this, who are provoked to anger, is it? who do everything possible, say, Lord, do something to turn the nation around. Lord God, turn and move this nation around like this. But friends, can I say, imagine, 55 years of wicked, evil rule. There'll be some who are much older, some who stood firm, refused to compromise, fought against the system, but you know what, died in the process. Isn't it? Some who are much older die in the process, never see breakthroughs at all, never see change and transformation in the nation. Maybe there's some here in Malaysia also like this. I know of some who plead the intercity for our land, who love Malaysia like crazy, who refuse to give up Malaysia, even though some would give up Malaysia, who stood firm and steadfast and die in the process. Sometimes we think, is it wasted effort? Is it wasted at all like this? Isn't it? You know? And this is the expression of the people of God right here in Psalm 123, verses 1 to 4, like this. It says here, I lift up my eyes to you, to, to you whose throne is in heaven, as the eyes of slaves took to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maid look to the hand of a mistress. So our eyes look to the Lord our God, till he shows us his mercy. Have mercy on us, O Lord, have mercy on us, for we have endured much contempt. We have endured much ridicule from the proud, from much contempt from the arrogant. Isn't it? Some people say to the people there in Judah, you must be a fool to stay on. Get out and go somewhere else. Some people may say the same to some of us as well, isn't it? What a fool to remain back here in Malaysia. Where you go hope, where you go future. Look at the nations around. Don't have to go very far to say nations are prospering. What are you doing here? What am I doing here, friends? It must be hard, very difficult to be faced with this kind of challenge, isn't it? And so you know what, friends? Sometimes we also wonder, is it a waste? Is it a waste? Is it worth it at all to fight, fight, fight and never see breakthroughs in our lives? Friends, I believe you know what? There was some during the time of Manasseh, all right, in that rule, who have died in a process, never see breakthroughs at all. There are some here in Malaysia I know of who have died, never see breakthroughs in Malaysia, much as they long, they pray like crazy, especially the last three decades. But friends, can I say, I trust the book of Revelation and encourage you. I'm so glad my good friend, when she took you all to the book of Revelation, a book that every Christmas really go through. Why? Because you and I, when we go, it so encourages us to know at the end of your life, after everything is said and done, Jesus wins. Amen. Is it Jesus wins at the end? That you and I in God's kingdom, you and I as God's people win at the end. Is that's assurance? That's confidence you and I have. That's what we remain. That's what we stayed on. But friends, here in the book of Revelation, chapter eight, and this is a record for us when the seventh seal was opened. What is a record that we see when the seventh seal was opened in the book of Revelation, chapter eight, verses three to five? And this is a record for us. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer the prayers of all the sins on the golden altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense together with the prayers of the sins went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar and hurled it on the earth. And there came pillars of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning and an earthquake. See friends, we are told clearly here that the angel of God took the fire from the altar. The fire, including friends, you and I know, the prayers of all the saints of God, the prayers of saints in the past, in the present, in the future, before Jesus returns. The angel of God took all of this and released on earth, and you see, friends, pills of lightning, thunder, and earthquake. And that's what he's trying to tell us. Finally, all our prayers, commitments, sacrifices, blood, sweat, and tears is released on earth, and you and I see the final fulfillment of it all. 
that we'll see before our eyes, friends, one day the full, all our struggles, our pains and struggles and difficulties are Christ and our prayers, friends. And it's so important for you and I, isn't it? And that's why, friends, you know, I want to really commend Pastor Lee Chiu and the team involved with MUFW, which is better than MUFC, Manchester Football Club. That needs a lot of prayers right now, isn't it? All right? But MUFW is Malaysia United Fire Wall, isn't it? I thank God for these wonderful people prayed on. I thank you for all the food. Soldiered on. Pray for our nation. Refuse to give in. Refuse to give up whatsoever. Continue to press on to look to God at the end because why? It is God we look to and not to men. And all God's people say, it is not to politicians we look to. Many times, most of the politicians, friends, in Malaysia, the whole world, including Western world, destroy the nations. You know that? I have no time to tell. I can rattle off how nation after nation in the West are being destroyed by their own politicians. Friends, we look to God at the end. It is, we have a God of hope. Amen. So for the Christian friends, you know, you and I live not in a hopeless end, but an endless hope in Jesus Christ. And all God's people say, so important for all of us. That's why we soldier on. That's why you and I know, friends, in God's kingdom, there's no loss for us ever. There is no waste at all. You and I will see the grace, the glory, the power of God, and our prayers, intercession, our cries, our tears, our sacrifice, our commitment, see its realization at the end. Amen. Like they say. So 55 years, they journeyed on, refused to give up. And then came in, what happens to the son? All right, in the case of King Ammon, what is he like? Okay, and this is a record for us in 2 Chronicles 33. All right, verses 21 to 23. Ammon was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem two years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, as his father Manasseh had done. Ammon worshipped and offered sacrifice to all the idols Manasseh had made. But unlike his father Manasseh, he did not humble himself before the Lord. Ammon increased his guilt. Imagine, friends, Ammon increased his guilt some more. Shocking. Unbelievable. Not learning at all from the father and from the grandfather. What a tragedy like this, isn't it? Friends, we would think after 55 years of terrible, wicked, evil rule, that should surely be a breakthrough. There should surely be a change like this, isn't it? But you know what happens? It is more years of wicked, evil rule. It's like wickedness carries on like this. How many years has it all been like this, friends? Why? Because Amen was actually assassinated two years after his rule. And this is a record for us, okay, that's given to us like this, okay? All right? Uh, all right, maybe I come back to that. Wicked rule carries on for two years, as we only read earlier on like this. 57 years. 57 years of wicked, evil rule. How many years is Malaysia since its formation, 1963? 58 years. Oh, almost sama, sama. <laughs> Hello? Almost the same, you notice, from Scripture and from what we're going through Malaysia right now, isn't it? All right? And you know what? This could be the expression of some of the people there in Judah as much as it is also our expression like this in our hearts. Why? Because of Psalm 126, verses 4 to 6, it tells us in this manner, okay? All right? Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. Those who go out weeping will return back with songs of joy and blessing and celebration, but not yet at this point of time. But they want to believe in God, that in you, O God, we trusted you, we prayed, we interceded, we persevered, we cried. We look to you at the end of it all, to bring breakthroughs, to bring victories in a process like this. 
And mercifully, as I said just now, what happens is, okay, in the King Ammon, he was assassinated. All right, two years after his rule. And this is what we record for us, 2 Chronicles 33, verses 24 and 25. Ammon's officials conspired against him, assassinated him in his palace. Then the people of the land killed all who had plotted against King Ammon and named Josiah, his son, king in his place. Not that we wish anyone to be assassinated or killed, amen. But here, all right, this took place like this. So as I said, 57 years of wicked, evil rule. How long more should we wait, oh God? Can you do something? And many of us intercessors, we cry, we pray, we wish the whole thing would go a bit earlier and faster, amen. As in how many of us, we wish the speed of God would go faster in bringing change to Malaysia like this. How we long for this to take place like this. But it seems to be no change whatsoever. And we see this also in the nation of Judah. As I said, within two years of his rule, assassinated, 57 years altogether. And sometimes we wonder, is it worth it at all? But you know what, friends? In mercy and grace, in stepped the son, Josiah. What is he like, Josiah? This is a record for us, okay? Right, about Josiah. 2 Chronicles 34, verses 1 to 7. All right? A bit of reading. Let me, let me just run through. Josiah was eight years old, became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. In the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father David. In his twelfth year, he began to push Judah, Jerusalem, high places, Asherah posts, calf idols, and calf images. Under his direction, the altars of the Baals were torn down. He cut to pieces the incense altars that were above them and smashed Asherah posts, the idols and the images. These he broke to pieces and scattered over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He burned the bones of the priests on their altars, and so he purged Judah and Jerusalem in the towns of Manasseh, Ephraim and Simeon, as far as Naphtali and in the ruins around them. He tore down the altars and the shearer poles and crushed the idols of powder and cut to pieces all the incense altars throughout Israel. Then he went back to Jerusalem, and finally in verse 33, this is the record for us, Josiah removed all the detestable idols from all the temples belonging to the Israelites, and he had all who were present in Israel serve the Lord their God as long as he lived. They did not fail to follow the Lord, the God of their fathers. In step one man, he changed it all. Friends, just one person can step in and change a whole nation. You notice that? This is what happens to Indonesia right now. One man, Jokowi, that God raised up, a man of character, better still, a man of courage, who dares to tackle corruption, who dares to stand firm in order and put them in prison. One man today we know turned the nation around. Today investments are going into Indonesia, Tesla and all this, even Yale University that is considering Malaysia one of the potential places to start a campus have now considered moving to Indonesia and so many things that has happened. One man, friends, sometimes it doesn't have to be a Christian. God heals any person. And the amazing thing is not in this man who stands firm and courageous and steadfast. He knows who are the people who could deliver. And so, for example, the police chief of Indonesia is a committed Christian man who make a vow on the Bible about his commitment and about desire to serve the nation. Another person I think of is Ahok, actually. How many remember the name Ahok? Can I say he was a former governor of Jakarta. Actually, I went to visit him in prison when he was in prison unfairly unjustly because we are friends, actually. Okay, uh, all right. So you hang around me. I'm a very dangerous man. I hang around with, with president, prime ministers, and prisoners as well. Okay, all right. 
I went to visit him and hear his story, that kind of thing. But you know, since his release, he has been appointed chairman of Pratamina. And Pratamina is like our patronus in Malaysia. Because Jokowi knows, here's a guy who is no-nonsense guy. More than that, who can deliver? Friends, one man turned the nation around. Friends, can I say you and I, we find it for all of us, okay, God can do it in our day and our time and all God's people say, isn't it? We want to believe God for that. You know, God can still do it in our day and our time, isn't it? Right, so that, you know what, friends, Psalm 126, the first part of Psalm 126 will come true for all of us as we press on. When the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we're filled with joy. Friends, we step out initially mourning and grieving and weeping but we shall return, friends, with songs of joy. Amen. As you plead, as you press on, as we continue, plead and ask God for mercy, for grace, for Malaysia. He will do something in our nation, our land, and all God's people say, Malaysia is loved by God. Amen. He's really loved by God. You and I can testify. Why? Because in G14, God turned everything around against all odds and expectations. God can do it again in our day, our time. Amen. It's so important, friends, when you have that kind of faith to trust God, to believe, friends, you know, He can do it again in our day in Malaysia and never give up on Malaysia. Can you a good amen for that? Yes, so important for all of us. In us, friends, you know what? Let's continue to persevere in praying, pers- all right, in believing and trusting God for breakthroughs, for a new outcome, a new day, a new dawn for Malaysia. So important, isn't it? Therefore, friends, you know what? You and I really must learn to live for a cause and not just for comfort. We can move to many places around the world. Very comfortable, certainly no doubt about that. All right, but I want to challenge people to live more than just comfort. Live for a cause. More than living for a cause. Live for a mission. And don't just live for materialism. Friends, can I say nothing wrong with that? All right, and we should not judge people who move to a more comfortable place. We shouldn't judge them because otherwise they're self-righteous. That's as bad before the eyes of God. But friends, this is what I want to challenge you all to. Let's rise up to live for a cause bigger than ourselves, for something that is worth it for you and to invest our lives, our energy, our efforts in it. so important like this, isn't it? All right, I think, for example, Nelson Mandela, who lived not for comfort, he could, because as a trained lawyer, he could move to London like many able, capable, educated South Africans, blacks have moved to London, and today there are some of the few hundred thousand South Africans, blacks who are there having a wonderful time. Nothing wrong with that. But he stood back, he stayed back in South Africa and fought for a cause, all right? And this is what he says like this, friends, to all of us. He says, the ideals we cherish, our fondest dreams and further hopes may not be realized in our lifetime, but that is besides the point. The knowledge that in your day you did your duty and lived up to the expectations of a fellow man is in itself a rewarding experience, a magnificent achievement. Friends, that's what it is. And that's my constant challenge to every Malaysian. Everyone I meet around the world, every Malaysian I meet around, I ask them three questions. You know that? Firstly, are you a Malaysian? Yes, sir. Second question, are you a Christian? Yes, sir. Third question, are you a good Malaysian Christian? Yes, sir. Then get home. No, so ones can stay on here. No, 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 no. No. We need all the good people to change our land and nation. Amen. Isn't it? We need all the good ones to change our land and nation. That's so important for all of us, friends, that we to connect with. Let me close with this. Pastor Philip Lin and I, we've been good friends. And many of you know our friendship goes back to Jurassic Park days when cavemen roamed the earth. All right? 
once upon a time, we both got long hair. Now we are both longing for hair. Okay, could you pray for us? Okay, some of you don't laugh at us. Say to your neighbor, your turn will come sooner than you realize. <laughs> Say to your neighbor that. You see, what happens was, I, flew into, I came actually from a very poor family. I had to work for four years after my A-levels to go for further studies. Work not to save money for my education, work to support the family. But praise be to God, I had a breakthrough in 74. I flew into Bristol to do engineering. Another friend flew in from Singapore, John Chu, to do theology in Bristol. We connected. And John, 1975 Christmas, went to Oxford to visit his good friend, Chung Chi Pang, who was then doing his PhD in theology. And then John came back. John actually eventually became the bishop, Anglican bishop of Singapore, actually. And John came back and said, hey, Daniel, you must meet this guy who's as crazy as you about Malaysia. La. He's called Philip Lin. La. He's doing medicine in Oxford. You must meet. La. So, you know, the following year, okay, Easter, 1975, uh, sorry, 76, I went to the Easter conference, okay, organized by the London Chinese Church of all these Malaysians, Singaporeans, okay, people, Hong Kong, different places, all meeting for the Easter conference at London Bible College. So I asked around, hey, is that guy called Philip Lin? And then someone said, yeah, yeah, go, 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 go. So finally I said, okay, can you arrange for him to meet me? And I saw finally this guy walking towards me. I looked at him. My goodness, long hair guy, like a hippie like that. I said, how can a hippie be so smart suddenly also you know say medicine some more? You know, when we finally met, you know, it's like a house on fire. We talked non-stop for the next few hours like this. Just went on before the conference, went on and on. We connected like this. I came back. Hua Yun just flew in the year after to do theology, okay, in Bristol as well. And Hua Yun when he became the bishop of the Methodist Church in Malaysia. Okay, we were all young chikus at that time, connected. And I told Hua Yun, I met this guy, Philip Lin. Let's come to organize a Malaysian Christian conference. And that's how the Malaysian Christian conference was held, January 1978, the first conference at Wycliffe Hall in Oxford. That conference went on for 33 years to draw all Malaysian Christians, England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland to come to talk about nothing but Malaysia and to challenge one another to return home to serve God. Whatever capacity doesn't matter, doctors, lawyers, engineers, accountants, okay, architects, secretary, clerk, typist, no, just come back home to serve Malaysia. Friends, it went for 33 years to my absolute pleasant surprise. Generations of people have come back here to serve God and to all give key positions in their work, in their response, but also key positions in their churches. Thank God for the many, including Pastor Luchu, Pastor Chu, stayed back here in Malaysia. When there are so many offers or so many to leave Malaysia, I got fantastic offers to leave it worldwide international ministries, be a professor, fuller seminary, so no, I'm committed here to this and this because I want to believe God for a breakthrough, a change in this country, Malaysia, isn't like this. That is so important, friends. Can I say, if we commit ourselves, to Malaysia, to a land, and give it the best shot possible, like Nelson Mandela. You and I never know. Friends, can I say, Nelson Mandela was very fortunate. He saw breakthroughs in his lifetime. But friends, can I say, there are many black South Africans never saw breakthroughs and died in the process. How many of you, you watch the movie Cry Freedom, can I see your hand, starring Kevin Costner? Oh, so few. Oh, this is a very spiritual church. I asked the wrong question. Yes, forgive me for that. Only some of us, don't, we are not so spiritual. We go, keep your spirituality. Don't, don't, don't corrupt yourself, okay? Only Doris, we go over watch movie. I went to a similar once, okay, here to watch movie. When I walked in there, you know what happened? Doris and I walked in there. And then this guy said, Pastor, you're also here. <laughs> <laughs> to, to watch, by the way, Skyfall, okay? James Bond Skyfall. I was scolded him. You can come, I cannot come. What kind of spirituality? Amen, isn't it? All right, right now. Okay, and you know what? 
in the movie Cry Freedom, it lays down at the start of the movie, long list of people who have died fighting as apartheid system in South Africa. People are still being going long, long days, never saw breakthroughs in the light of the day. Nelson Mandela was fortunate, he saw breakthroughs. But friends, as I said early on, it is never wasted and lost in the kingdom of God. Amen. Never a loss in the kingdom of God because one day, friends, you and I will see breakthroughs. One day, you and I will look down from heaven and say, God, thank you for giving us the joy, the privilege of participating in our land and our nation. Thank you again so into our nation. What a privilege, what a joy to live for a cause bigger than ourselves. So that at the end of all, friends, you and I see breakthroughs and never the same again. Sometimes, friends, as I said, we sow it, we never see breakthroughs in a lifetime. We can be doing this for our children, our grandchildren, so that one day they'll be so grateful to us. Amen. So grateful that they say, Pa and Mom, Grandpa, Grandma, Great Grandpa, Great Grandma, we enjoy what you're enjoying today, all because of you. Amen. That I believe is worth it one day in a new heaven, new earth, where we're going to see the fruit of all our labor, commitment, and sacrifice by the grace of God. Amen. This God is good. Amen. He wants us to rise up, be the kind of people, friends. So in the nation's journey with three leaders, we'll see change and transformation and never the same again, friends. Okay, let me lead in prayer very quickly. I just sense that maybe some of us here in this auditorium or maybe even watching online, you have not taken the step of faith to trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. And you have not, I want to lead you in this prayer. My friend, take the step of faith. Acknowledge you're a sinner. Believing Christ died on the cross for your sins. Ask Him to forgive you and invite Him to life as Lord and Saviour. Because if you do that, my friend, become a child of God. A follower of Jesus Christ. A new day, new beginning has dawned. I assure you, in for the right of your life. No, there will be no problems, difficulties, challenges. There will be. But you know that you know His grace is sufficient for all of us. Amen. So if you'd like to follow after me in your heart this prayer as I lead you, both here in this auditorium as well as online, follow after me with you in your heart. Heavenly Father, I thank and I praise you for your love for me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Come right now into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Lord and my Saviour. Take control of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and your power and give me your love, peace and joy so that from today onwards, O oh God, I may be able to walk with you, Lord Jesus Christ. Know your grace and your power and live to the honour and glory of your name. Help me to invest rightly, Father, but even as you made us Malaysians, there must be a purpose and a reason why you made us Malaysians and put us here in Malaysia. Father, I pray you help us to live out your design, destiny and purpose. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, seal it deep for every person who have prayed this prayer sincerely in hearts. You know it all because you're all-knowing God. Seal it deep and bring this new birth and new life to pass. Enable this, Father, I pray, to be disciple in the life of SIBKL and glorify your name, Father, I pray. And I want to pray for every one of us. We do raise our hands. God has put us in Malaysia and said, for a reason and a purpose, for a destiny to fulfill. He makes no mistakes in putting us in Malaysia or making us Malaysians. And so, Father, I bring all my brothers and sisters to you. Thank you for every one of them, oh God, for this great, amazing church, oh God, you raise up. Oh God, your leadership, Pastor Chu, Pastor Lee Chu. I celebrate the grace of yours upon this work of yours in this place. Blessed church, Father, I pray, lead it higher, stronger in your design, purpose, and plan to your honour for your glory, Father, I pray. 
and help us, oh God, I pray, Father, community to this land. There must be a design and destiny for us to be put here in Malaysia, to be born here in Malaysia. I pray, oh God, all of us fulfill it in our land, in our nation, Father, I pray, oh God, so that with the joy and blessing of seeing breakthroughs in our life, even if we don't see it at all, we know it is never wasted, never a loss whatsoever. We celebrate the grace and goodness of yours, oh God, in our lifetime. We can live for a greater cause, a greater mission, a greater purpose to your honor for your glory in Jesus' wonderful name we pray and all God's people say Amen, Amen Give a big hand to the Lord Jesus with you there You know after a message like this from the Lord to you and to me let's continue to pin our faith in Jesus and in Jesus alone that the God of the Bible is the God of Malaysia today as he had done that during the times of Manasseh, Amon, and Josiah. You know, there is hope. There is hope for our country. Amen. There is hope. And it's just incumbent upon you and me never to give up hope. Amen. We have a future with hope, not a hopeless future, understand. So let's look to Jesus. Let's look to Him. Continue to pray. Continue to pray. And just don't pray for the sake of praying. Praying, believing. Believing that those that go in with weeping will come out rejoicing. Amen. And rejoicing, bringing sheaves of fruits. Wow. Malaysia will be saved. Amen. Our country will be saved. Amen. But the church must pray. Don't give up, friends. Don't give up. Tell it to your friends and those of you online from other churches. Tell it to your pastor. Continue to pray, especially this, this period of Lent. It is not coincidental that it is also a time for prayer on the other side. But our God is greater, amen. Our God is stronger, amen. So we must pray because they are praying, amen. So we have to pray. Come on, church. Even as I encourage you, log into the land prayer in your time. Let's prepare our, our hearts and celebrate the risen Lord because the same Jesus, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is available to us. Amen. Come on, let's keep on a clap offering. We will win. Right, Revelation. Jesus wins. Jesus wins. Amen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. And for all of us here and for those of you online, come on, let's take to heart what has been shared today. And don't, let's not only hype things up, but let's go on believing. Go on believing there is hope for our future, hope for your children, hope for my grandchildren, amen. Help for my grandchildren, my two grandsons will have hope in Malaysia. Same for you, same for your children, amen. Don't give up, my friend. Don't ever give up. Let's stretch our hands to the Lord as we close. Father, we hear you. Father, our hearts have risen up with hope. And we know, Lord, that even as we move towards Good Friday and Easter, the empty tomb Testifies to the fact that there is hope, oh God. It's not a hopeless hope. 
you have demonstrated it by your resurrection and your power and the same power is available to us the body of Christ and we have taken communion today we have eaten the bread that speaks of your body we have drunk of the cup that speaks of the blood yes Lord there is hope this is not the end and we look forward Father we look forward to what you are going to do in the coming days as we move forward to take the future that is a theme you gave to us this year move forward move forward to take the future hallelujah so God I want to pray a blessing about everyone here on site and online every household represented bless them bless them that even as things are opening up that the borders are opening up Lord, let the church of Malaysia arise. Arise stronger. Emerge even stronger, Lord. Even stronger. Hallelujah. No more paralyzed with fear, but go forth with tremendous power and passion. All the more. Because opportunities abound. Oh God, I want to pray for the church of Malaysia that we will emerge stronger in the coming days no matter what denomination no matter what vernacular language that every church both East and West Malaysia will come forth stronger Hallelujah so thank you Jesus for your word this morning and we take it to heart we really take it to heart and we will be responsible and accountable to you thank you Father just spend a moment of quietness I just feel my spirit you, you take it in my friend you just take it in just spend another minute before God Father God, every message this year from this pulpit is a direct word from you from the throne room of God every week you speak every week you have spoken and today you have spoken again Lord, may we continue, Lord, to take it to heart and take you seriously that our lives will be transformed. Will be transformed. Because this is a new season for every one of us, our families, our workplace, our churches, our nation. separate us now with your blessing bring us home safely Father Lord with our eyes gazing towards you that we will not be distracted not be any way be gone astray 
but we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Separate us now with your blessing. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you this day. May the Lord make His face always to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face, His wonderful face, towards each and every one of you and your loved ones. And always, always grant you shalom, shalom, and shalom. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. And of course, people say aloud. Come on, let's give God a good clap offering. Both of you here and online.